The Aggies, the Jazz, the high schools. If it's the sport you care about, we're talking about it. The Full Court Press on Sports Talk Radio, 106.9 FM, 1390 AM. The Fan. Eric Franson, Ajay Salveson. Good morning. What's going on, everybody? Monday. Boy, what a weekend. High school football. A freaking weekend. Week two for a lot of teams, not for everybody. The Rich Hawks got a big win. <laughs> uh, college football, we saw a couple of games. I, I didn't ask you, you know, Miami's making a big deal about the turnover chain. Now they have the touchdown rings. We've seen some other schools try to get in on this. Boise has a touchdown chair. It's like a throne. Do you, do you dig that, or is it excessive and over the top? It's fun. It's just college kids having fun. There's no big deal. Look, when Miami, I mean, do you remember the 30 for 30 documentary of the Miami Hurricanes back in the day, right, with Michael Irvin? I mean, even like with Ed Reed and that whole crew, <laughs> Jimmy Johnson at one time. Uh, dude, they just want to go out and have fun. I... As long as you're not doing anything that is vulgar um, or, um, what's the word? Or just anything that is unnecessary or that is offensive, I am absolutely fine with it. Have fun with it. My gosh. I think it's cool. Uh, I Personally, I don't mind the, the, the turnover chain or the, the chair or whatever. But I do begin to wonder if we're going to have things like this for every little thing that gets done. Are we going to have... Uh, a, a, a sack scarf that someone puts on. Well, what was a big or, thing back I mean, in the day when I think like, I mean, just how far do you take it every time Aaron you do Rogers something? When Rodgers would score a touchdown, he like put like the whole belt around his waist. Oh yeah, that's I right. I mean, that was a big deal. I it just now Bill Belichick's teams, you're never going to see them do it, and if they do, they're I mean, then Bill Belichick will boot them off the team. Uh, but you know, nobody. Yeah, nobody cares. The only people who care are the ones losing to Miami and turning over the ball. Everyone the, else is the like, The touchdown oh. rings, that was new. Yeah. And so when the guys, they put this ring that would cover your whole hand yeah. and show that to the camera. Yeah. So that was a little, but I'm like, I'm with you. I think, it's, you know what? They're college kids. Sure. My gosh. And you know what? Some of them may never play football again after this. You might as well let them enjoy it. Celebrate your accomplishments. You're a week zero game. You're on front of the national spotlight for everybody to see. Go have fun. As long as you can back it up, go have fun. Now, if they were down 21 to nothing and they just got a turnover, yeah, put the rings in your pockets and just go play football. It was a big play. I like it. That's a good point. Uh, Hawaii with a big win for the Mountain West. They defeated Arizona. It was a back-and-forth game. For Bad them. loss for Arizona. Uh, Utah State's on the road this week. They have a Friday game at Wake Forest. Big matchup for the Aggies. And this is a team that has accomplished a lot of great things in this modern era over the last 10 years or so, where they've been a top 25 team. They've knocked off Utah and BYU. They've uh, they won a conference championship when they were in the WAC. They haven't yet done that in the Mountain West. Uh, but the one thing that they haven't done yet that hasn't been checked off the list is beating a Power 5 school at their house. They've come close on numerous occasions at Auburn, at Wisconsin, at USC. So they've come close within one score of being able to do this. They haven't yet been able to, to uh, accomplish that task. Will this be the year that they get that done? Two big chances to do it at Wake Forest and then a little bit later on at LSU. So that second one will be a much taller ask uh, to be able to pull that off. But uh, today, Utah State. Uh, held their uh, press conference, their weekly press conference, to get ready for game week. And uh, out the bat, Gary Anderson kind of setting the stage for what his team has accomplished so far in fall camp. And now as they turn their attention to Wake Forest, what kind of opportunities they see there in the competition coming up on Friday. Well, it's game week, so that was good. Fall camp, I think it's a, it was a positive. I think this team worked extremely hard. Um, a lot of competition, young kids obviously with the, the 50 new kids in the program, um, a lot of new, but I thought they handled it well. The veterans did a great job of you know, including the young kids in the team and getting to know each other. I think they bonded well, which to me is a big part of uh, a fall camp. 
Yeah, we really shifted gears middle of last week as far as not really breaking camp, um, but moving on to the opponent, Wake Forest. Um, so all in all, I think that uh, you know fall camp was good, solid camp. Um, Wake Forest, very good football team. A um, lot of lot of momentum coming off uh, last season, obviously with big bowl victory, explosive offense, uh, very well coach defense in my opinion that's one of the first things I try to watch when I watch defense is just uh, you know how are they gap sound technique fundamentals regardless of coverages and all the things that come with it how do they tackle how do they run to the ball and they got good coaches it's very clear um, and they got good players um, so uh, you know we'll uh, have our hands full on both sides of the ball uh, talented quarterback does a lot of good things uh, likes contact likes to run physical kid tough-minded guy uh, and I think that you know the whole the whole football team kind of carries themselves that way as far as you know tough guys who who love to go out and compete and keep playing and keep battling, which was evident in the bowl game. They fell down in the bowl game, score wise, and kept on fighting and found a way to come back and win the game. So um, this will be a you know get on our airplane, fly across the country. We'll travel the right way. Uh, we'll be we'll be fine with that, and you know uh, wait all day Friday and play Friday night. So we're excited about the opportunity, but much respect for Wake Forest in all three phases and. Uh, you know, un understand that uh, flying over there and uh, playing in their stadium will be a big challenge, and we're excited about it. So, Gary Anderson, I mean, there's a lot of coach speak in there. I get it. But you can tell that there is, uh, there's a confidence that this coaching staff has about the team this year. Yeah. And how they've approached things in practices, how they've approached their preparations, and – now they turn their attention to Wake Forest, which is a good team. They're not the best team in the ACC. No. no. Not by a long shot. But they're not the worst. Uh, this was a team that went to a bowl game last year. Uh, they're middle-of-the-pack ACC. This is a team that Utah State should be able to be competitive with, if not be able to beat. Uh, see, yeah, people are saying, well, let's just be competitive with them. I'm saying let's go beat them. I think this team is talented enough to go to Wake Forest and beat a average, if at best, ACC football team. I, you know, we've we've talked about how long these guys have wanted a chance to be able to go beat a Power Five team on the road. Um, I know it's Wake Forest, but it's Wake Forest, and that's who's on your schedule. So go get them. And I think this is a very, very winnable game for for Utah State. Absolutely. Uh, now, before we get into Wake Forest, because Gary Anderson touched on a few of those things, mm -hmm. I, I want to focus on the development of USU. Yes. So some of the things that we've been looking at specifically is one of the big question marks is the offensive line for USU. Uh, they lost a lot of starters. There were a lot of games where Utah State had huge leads last year. And with the new redshirt rule, there's quite a few guys who got some significant reps. Mm -hmm. uh, Alfred Edwards is coming back, and uh, he can be part of the mix as a returning starter. But still some questions about what that offensive line is going to look like and how well they've come together. Here's Gary Anderson with his two cents on what that offensive line has looked like so far and how ready they are to take on Wake Forest. Well, you have four new starters, obviously. Um, and I've said it a thousand times. Uh, you know, we were all in with these kids in January, and we're still all in with them. Um, I'm excited to see them play. Uh, this will be a stiff, stiff test for them, walking into that situation in that setting. Um, with this defensive front, and it's going to be fun to see what they can do and how they, you know, how they hold up. I think we all saw in the Florida game this last weekend and the Miami game that uh, you know, that was a huge part of that football game. Um, you know, it uh, you need to be able to run your offense, and you can't run your offense without an offensive line that uh, you know can't protect or can't run block or whatever. And I think we'll, you know, we we got to do a good job of getting the ball out, getting the ball out on time, and doing what we do as far as those things go, and taking advantage of, you know. Stretching the field and letting Jordan do his deal, but we've got to be able to run the football, and uh, that'll be a that's going to be a big factor in the whole thing is the ability to be able to hand the ball off to some what we think are quality backs, and but it doesn't matter how good the back the back is if uh, the room's not there. So this it's going to be, you know, we'll we'll sit back when this thing's all over in January, and how that offensive line played probably will be exactly, you know, where we sat as a football team, and uh, they're young. We expect them to be very very good, but. As sooner they mature and show that they can do it, I think we could be special. But uh, those five guys are going to have to get it done, and really we've got eight of them that we feel pretty good about. So, but it's just the youth. You know, you just don't know. You know, you gotta 
you got a 13-year-old and you're raising a 13-year-old, you never know what's going to happen the next day, right? So it's kind of where we are with those kids right now. They're teenagers and they got to go grow up and grow up fast in a man's game. So it'll be fun to watch that. Yeah, so Gary Anderson, and uh, it hasn't really detailed who those guys are, who the starters will be. Uh, the USU depth chart doesn't necessarily make it clear. Uh, no, they don't. <laughs> who the starters are going to be on the offensive line. Do you think some of that's gamesmanship or some of that, hey, look, we really are not quite sure where we stand at yet at this point? Um, I mean, I think it's they, – they've made it mostly clear who it's going to be. Um, there aren't too many oars mm-hmm. on the offensive line. Um, it looks like it's going to be Alfred Edwards as your left tackle, Ty Shaw at left guard, uh, Demetric Eliafua as your center. Carter Shaw is your right guard, and Andy Koch, uh, Coke, excuse me, Andy Coke, as your right tackle. Uh, so uh, that's a and that's a big offensive line. Yeah, I mean, those guys, That's some big size there. Six foot seven, six foot four, six three, six four, six six. Jeez. And you, it's okay because you got a big quarterback that can. See over that okay. Mm-hmm. You know, Jordan loves six foot four, uh, big arm, and he, which he throws over the top. He's not a sidearm guy. He's not a throw it just at the shoulder level. He has good mechanics and throws it up over the top, so uh, he can get over that big offensive line just fine. Yeah, uh, and he's and he's uh, yeah he's dealt with that kind of you know that whole sizing before, so he'll adjust just fine. He'll be all right. Um, and you know it's you'll hear Devin Anderson later in the in the, in the hour, but he actually talks about their offensive line, and you can like yes be kind of careful, but you can just tell he's he's got some confidence in what they can do on the defensive line against this Wake Forest offensive line. Um, he said you know that they are big, but they are also very inexperienced as well. They're very young. They have one graduate senior. He's a graduate kid. He tore he injured himself last year. Um. But, yeah. yeah Ty Shaw's a junior. Ali Afua's a junior. Um, but you've got some redshirt freshmen in there uh, as well. I mean, Alfred Edwards started last year. He's a sophomore. So it, it's not like it's totally a, a completely cold, unex, inexperienced unit. But, yes, they're going to be tested uh, on Friday. Against Wake Forest. Hey, you know when we look at this, when we look at this team, you know there's there's, there's obvious, right? There's Shaq Bond, DJ Williams, David Ward, Tipanalia on the other side, Jordan Love, Daryl Bright, Stavon Scarver, Jordan Nathan. The transfers have came in and have done, I think, I think a tremendous job. And you look at Ciosi Mariner, Caleb Rep, and Riley Burt. And in this upcoming soundbite, you're going to hear Coach Anderson speak about the three of them and what they've done so far, uh, fall camp wise, leading up to the season. Well, C.O.C. Caleb, and then obviously I'd put Nick in there. Nick played for me last year at Utah, too. Um, and, uh, you know, Nick's a little different. He has two years left. So that's a, a real positive for us as we move forward. But, you know, it was uh, just got to know those kids. You know, two of them were in my room. So I had Nick and Caleb in my room. And getting to know C.O.C. from C.O.C. from afar was uh, was awesome. You know, C.O.C. was a kid that uh, kind of hung out with some of the defensive line guys and our meeting rooms kind of crossed paths and whatever. So it took a while to – you know, get to know him, but I think that uh, as he went through all the things he was going through last year, and we got a little bit of a relationship while I was there, and I think when uh, you know Caleb had made the decision that that's what he wanted to be able to do, I think CLC saw it as a, as a normal transition for him to say, "This is a great place. I know Coach A. I um, think I fit, and I believe that they all trusted me." And um, but it's awesome to have them here. You know, if if they were going to go anywhere, I wanted them to be here. Um, they're good players, number one. Um, number two, they're great kids, and they've adjusted so well to this system, and our kids have really let them into this system and let them you know, in, jump right in and be part of this football team. So um, I want them to be successful. I hope in January that they get all they want out of their senior years, the ones that are seniors, and the ones that are not are going to come back and you know, have another go-around with us. So, But uh, they're special kids, and I'm just happy we could you know, give them an opportunity, and I'm happy they decided to come with us. Caleb is a tremendous athlete. Um, He's a good football player, and you know whether he was a defensive end, tight end, playing wide receiver, uh, 
he's he's been a very good player, a great special teams player also. So we expect big things out of him. But uh, yeah, he's he's natural. Uh, he can go out and he can play in that spot wherever you need him to. And uh, and you know whether it's blocking on the end line of scrimmage or it's you know running a pass route or doing whatever you need him to do. And you know he might even pop in there on some third downs and rush the passer. Who knows? So we'll see what happens. Riley was uh, you know really Riley was uh, when when we found out Riley was looking to make a decision to go play somewhere else. Um, I talked to uh, Kalani and I talked to Eliza both and obviously they've both been with me for a number of years throughout time and um, just tried to get information and see exactly what the scenario and the situation was and we thought that it would be a, a good natural fit for us. Um, we knew at that point we were looking for a couple more backs, three more backs at that point to be able to get in. We got all three of them here which is a nice thing and we got a freshman and we got Riley and um, obviously we've got Jalen. So we kind of got ourselves a senior, a junior, and a freshman in that setting in all three of those spots. And again, always to filter those classes together as much as we can. Um, now we got two senior running backs uh, with G and, and Riley. But Riley was a natural fit for us. He's had some good games. Um, he's uh, been in a lot of college football. He's been in an environment of, of good and bad. He's faced adversity and he's got some toughness that he's ground through. So uh, I think he's a been a great kid again since he's been here and he's kind of coming home to play too which I think that's important to him he gets to come back home and you know be uh, not very far away from his parents and his family and and gets to play um, right here for his senior year so he's he's excited and we're excited to have him so uh, it's uh, Gary Anderson talking about the transfers and the newcomers to Utah State They're focusing there and at the end talking about the running backs Jalen Warren and Riley Burt uh, Jalen Warren the, the JC transfer who has looked really good in the practices and the scrimmages that I've seen. He looks really good. Of course, Gerald Bright's going to be the starter, but you're going to see Jalen Warren carry the ball a lot. And then Riley Burt is a bigger body that uh, will also get used for certain situations uh, at the running back position. Uh, USU does list uh, COC Mariner as one of the starters at wide receiver. Uh, it's interesting for the tight end position because Caleb Rep or Carson Terrell listed as a starting tight end. Uh, Caleb Rep has looked fantastic. Uh, Carson Terrell has also looked good. So that's been a really interesting battle at the tight end position between those two guys. Somebody coming back with experience with somebody who's coming in from a Pac-12 program, also with some experience. Uh, I think it's helped both of them get better and be better. And yeah. then you heard him talk about the experiences and the relationship he had with Nick Henninger, who was a defensive end that came over from Utah. He's listed in the or category for defensive end. Um, and then, uh, uh, so it, it's an interesting list of, of guys that are going to be in the mix to help Utah State out. Yeah, uh, Riley Burt's going to be kind of an interesting guy. As you you see him play a little bit. You know, we saw him a little bit in fall camp as well. Uh, kind of interested how that depth chart and the uh, you know with running backs goes. You obviously Gerald Bryce the starter, uh, but you know how many carries is Burke going to get? You know per game and how is he going to be used? Um, you know stuff like that. Caleb Rep has really impressed me. His hands uh, have are just incredible and in how he can go up and get a ball about anywhere. Um, him and Carson Terrell, yeah, him and Carson Terrell both are going to be. Really, really beneficial for Jordan Love this year. I can't wait to see how that combination works out. Great weapons. Oh, absolutely. And CLC Mariner is another one of those weapons that you mentioned. CLC Mariner, obviously, uh, you know, people say he's in a boot. Uh, he should be ready for uh, Friday night against Wake Forest. But um, CLC is going to con- contribute a lot, a lot, a lot, a lot for the uh, for this offense. So all of them will be very contributional for the offense and for Jordan Love. According to the depth chart that was released today for USU, the other wide receivers that are listed as starters, Jordan Nathan and Savon Scarver. So uh, it's an interesting list of uh, wide receivers at those positions where you've got returning experience. Even though Savon and Jordan aren't listed as returning starters, those are two guys that got a lot of touches and experience with the team last year. Yeah, and... Uh, that experience will come through now. Like you said, I mean, we lost a lot of talent last year, no doubt, but um, uh, you got plenty of returning coming back, and those transfers, again, will be monster, monster for Utah State. Right, uh, yes. Uh, but really, the the strength of this team, at least in the early going, I believe, 
is going to be in that defense. Yes. That's where the most experience coming back. That's where the most talent is. That's where the most depth is. Uh, and so that's going to be a real key piece and component of Utah State being in a lot of games, getting other teams off the field and helping their offense with better field position. With that, you know, and you got a lot of leadership from Tipanalia, David Woodward, Shaq Bond, and, and DJ Williams. Like, he's on a lot of watch lists. Um, and they got the new AZ State transfer as well, who's eligible immediately to play. But, uh, they, you know, DJ Williams is somebody who can fill in in several roles. And in this upcoming soundbite, Coach Anderson talks about what some of those roles or how DJ could fit in some of those roles defensively for his team. Well, he may do both. You know, we're going to rotate those back-end guys through there a little bit, and uh, DJ has the ability to come back and play nickel and play outside. He's obviously you know, one of our best players, um, and we'll put him in a position to be able to be you know, successful and play both. But I don't think we're you – know, first game of the year, and the point you're playing a pace offense, you'd like to be able to place um, a few corners back there, not just play three corners the whole time. I'm sure they're going to play more than three wide receivers or four wide receivers or – uh, whatever they're going to do in the back end and try to get repetition. So, you know, we'd like to be able to um, get some, a few of those corners different reps, and that may mean sometimes DJ comes in and plays nickel. That's going to be a busy defensive back if you ask me. Yeah. <laughs> He's going to be active. He'll be moved around. How, how similar would you say that is to what John Charles Rockmore did? Um, that's, a, that's a good question because Rock – because did Rock do something similar? Or am I well, off? Well, he was kind of like also a hybrid, hybrid linebacker. linebacker. Huh. So, yeah, could be interesting. See if DJ, how they use him. Uh, besides the DJ Williams, uh, Shaq Bond, great talent. Great talent. And he's, he has looked good in fall camp. Yeah. Yeah, Shaq Bond hasn't lost a step at all. In fact, he's if anyone's more giddy to be on the field, it's, it's Shaq Bond. Uh, the other safety, uh, Troy Leffridge, uh, Cash Gilliam, Braxton Gunther, those are the other guys kind of in the mix there for safety positions. Mm-hmm. And the other corner uh, besides DJ, uh, Cam Haney is listed as yeah. the starter, backed up by Zahadri Jackson. Yeah, it is, and I forgot about him. I said that's actually, he's going to see a lot of time as well. He might see a ton of time more minutes than I think people might expect. Um. There's the with the linebacker position. David Woodward obviously is your starting position, inside linebacker. Uh, but the other linebacker beside him, Kevin Metzenheimer, he's had a great fall. Mm-hmm. Coach Anderson very high on him. When I spoke to him a few weeks ago, uh, when I practices that I've been to, very active, very involved. And let's not forget, this is a guy that when he was early at USU, he was involved in a in a traffic accident. That's right. Uh, and right. so kind of set him back a little bit, but he looks great out there. He's moving well. Seems to be reading the defense really well. Um, so that that back part of the defense for USU looks looks good. But clearly, the the strength is going to be that defensive front, that defensive line. Great depth at, at defensive end and defensive tackle. And we'll hear from Devin Anderson here in the next segment. But uh, you're right. I mean, Devin, Tipa, Chris, Justice. <laughs> oh, good luck, guys. Yeah. Fua. Like, really, like, I mean, because you have to double team. I mean, you're they're going to double team Tipa, right? I mean, I'm not crazy. I, you have to somehow still let on that monster. Chris and Justice are just as athletic. And Devin is a load to have to meet, I mean, to meet with. I, yeah, I don't know if Wake, if there's any troubles that Wake Forest is going to have, it's going to be on their offensive line dealing with what they have to do with what Utah State brings defensively. And I think that could op- open up opportunities for like a safety blitz or, you know, one of those linebacker blitzes just coming around the edge. And if that's the case, Wake Forest is in absolute so much trouble. I can't, I can't wait. I know. I'm so excited. I know. I'm, I'm excited to see how this, because you, you know that when Justin, Justin Enna got here and when Coach Anderson got here, and you said it before too, in fact, I think in one of these sound bites, Coach Anderson mentions it. Um, they ask about, yeah, it's when, uh, in fact, really quickly, we have to play this because uh, they ask him about Bassey, the defensive back, and Coach Anderson admits, well, I haven't really paid attention to that side of the ball because I'm focused on the defensive side. So not only do you have Justin Enna over there, defensive coordinator, but you have Gary Anderson too, 
you that just tells you that their minds are spinning wheels at reckless pace, just knowing what they're going to be able to do with these guys and this talent. And that alone has got to scare the absolute you-know-what out of Wake Forest. All right, we'll hear more from Gary Anderson. We'll also hear from Devin Anderson. We'll hear from Jordan Love. It's game week. Utah State on the road at Wake Forest. We'll continue to get you ready for the matchups all week long with uh, the interviews and the sound bites that we get and more information and breakdowns uh, get you ready for this uh, ACC matchup, the season opener coming up on Friday night. More to discuss, more to hear. Coming up next here on the Full Court Press. Home McDerald has a farm and appliance farm. With down home country prices and big city selection. E-I-E-I-O. When you're looking for a friendly spot to drive a little and save a lot, hey, old McDero has a farm and a appliance farm. In the Army National Guard, family means everything. Our parents, they were really supportive that all five of us would join. I got my education because of the Guard. I got to travel a little bit and experience a whole different culture. It helped me get my job, it helped me pay for my house. Serving part-time in the Army National Guard instills pride that you and your family will share. Visit NationalGuard.com to learn more about part-time service. Sponsored by the Utah Army National Guard. Aired by the Utah Broadcasters Association and this station. Experts tell us that the three areas of balance for proper health are exercise, nutrition, and sleep. This is Ryan, owner of My Mattress. And while My Mattress Store can't really help with exercise and nutrition, we can help with better sleep. If a person started today to live a balanced life in health, exercise, and sleep, uh, three things might happen. One, we might throw away the bag of peanut M&Ms that we have stashed. Two, we might get up off the couch and exercise. And three, we'd come buy a new mattress here at My Mattress. Summer is cruising by way too fast. It's already back to school time. Soon you're going to start experiencing many special places and events that you won't forget, such as your first slide down Old Main Hill, attending Aggie football and basketball games, or a wild party at the Howe, and your first kiss on the Aggie Bowl that might just lead to that extra special moment at Jerry's Fine Jewelry, Cash Valley's engagement ring store where it's all about the romance. Just look for the bright green cars at 930 North Main Street. On Sports Talk Radio, 106.9 FM, 1390 AM, The Fan. Eric Franson, Ajay Salveson, Utah State at Wake Forest this Friday night. Getting you ready for it. Hearing from the coaches and the players with uh, more detail, more breakdowns than anybody else. And we've been hearing from Gary Anderson. We've been looking at some of the new players, the, the transfers, the offensive line, and how this team has come together in the offseason. And this is a team offensively where maybe there's some question marks coming into this this season. What's that offensive line going to look like? There's some great wide receiver targets that are gone. Who's going to step up to fill those roles? But what we have learned is that the the, the pace that worked out so well for USU last year is going to continue. The pace of play worked out really well for USU. If you've been to any of their practices, you can tell these guys practice at a pace. So when it's game time, it actually seems slow to them. Mm-hmm. But other teams are not used to it. They try to match that pace early, but then they adjust and they start to get back to their norm, which they then have a hard time keeping up with USU. Well, and don't forget, I mean, as the Tennessee Tech Raiders once showed us so well that even if you put your number ones versus your number ones, it still isn't going to match up too well about what you're about to see on the field. When you yeah. see it every day in practice, we don't need to. We don't need to do any film. We don't need to do. We need to. I need to find that soundbite so we can use it more often. Um, no, yeah. In fact, Coach Anderson here talks about uh, what the pace uh, of the uh, offense can do and what it's what it's supposed to do. Versus a defense. In fact, I'll ask a great question here. 
you know, I mean, because it's not allowing your defense to sub really or to to be able to fix anything or make any adjustments because it's just, excuse me, it's bam, bam, bam. And that's what uh, Anderson says here. It is. So if, when you play with pace, number one, you're trying to, trying to wear them out. And uh, at the end of the day, offenses can be structured at times to not have to run around and move quite as much as defenses. That's just the way that's the, the the way the game's played. So that's part of it. Second part of it is absolutely to not let you substitute. Um, when you get into a drive, that you don't substitute and you're going fast, whether you're going fast to just get on the ball and then you back off and you look over and get the play call you want, but you're not allowing, the, obviously, the uh, the defense to bring in fresh bodies. And uh, it's, a, it's a huge weapon. It's one of those weapons where, quite frankly, on defense, you can't do anything about it. If they want to keep you on the field and you're stuck on the field, then you're stuck on the field. So you don't have... You know, back in the days, we'd go into a game with four or five different packages of people. Um, when you're playing a team like Wake Forest or you're playing a team like us, it's not real feasible to have those packages because you're going to be practicing stuff that they never let you get to most of the time. So, um, yeah, those are those are big pieces to the puzzle. And, you know, there's there's give and take in all things, but those are you know, some of the things with the spread offense that, uh, you know, causes issues. And they were really good punt return team last year. I know for sure. Mm-hmm. They had the one, but the guys... I think left or went to yeah he went to the NFL yeah yeah but but he's I mean, he was a good player but they still they must have a scheme or whatever and you guys feel good about your special team so that yeah. could really be a big part of this game yeah it could be uh, you know special teams is a huge part of it and we take great pride in it we spend a lot of time on it uh, we should be good at special teams and again just from what I know of their program which is from afar and study them some over the summer and obviously very hard in the last few days. Um, they're solid on special teams, and that shouldn't be a surprise to anybody. From the the way that uh, you know you watch them on tape, you gain respect for a good group of kids that play hard and do it the right way. But on special teams, they they'll expect to change the game in a positive way uh, for themselves, just like we'll expect to change the game in a positive way for ourselves and special teams. So keeping pace—that's what they want to continue to do. They want to play with that, get to the line quickly, keep things moving. Make the the defense wear out, not be able to take breaks, not be able to sub guys out, because the defense can't sub unless the offense does. Uh, so that uh, crew staying on the field and keep going, eventually that can wear out a defense. But pace is great as long as you're connecting. If you're out there playing with trying to play with pace and it's a bunch of dropped passes, and your defense has been out for a long stretch, it's a nightmare. So playing with pace only works when you're able to string a couple of first downs together. Well, when your offense is is as efficient as this offense was last year, it really does help, and as it could be this year. Uh, I am excited to see what, um, if they can put together the kind of numbers that they did last year versus better competition. If they can, oh, man. Sorry. If they can, then they're... uh, They'll be just as efficient offensively than, again, anybody in the Mountain West Division, Mountain West Conference, as not only the nation. Hey, really quickly, I know this is NFL-related, and I know it's probably more biased that I'm even telling you this. Uh, starting Patriots center, in fact, he's uh, started for the Patriots at center in the position in the last two, uh, three Super Bowls. David Andrews has been hot- hospitalized with blood clots, and his season is in jeopardy. Yikes. Ooh. Man, now he started 57 regular games, three Super Bowls, and has been the captain since 2017. Yikes. Oh, man. I hope that... Uh, oh. All right. Sorry. So, uh, back to uh, back to NFL or college. Um, no, I think this offense can be really, really, really good. I got to tell you, though, that offensive line still scares me today. I'm still not, like, fully comfortable with them. Right. Uh because they need a lot of time together. Yeah, they do. They need reps. They need snaps together. They need to see real live game situations. As we said before, these were a lot of guys who had those those opportunities a year ago with the new red shirt rule. They could play four games without it counting against their red shirt, against their, their clock. They had The team had such big leads that they were able to get a lot of these guys in there and took advantage of that opportunity. But still, consider who they were going up against in those same instances. So uh, it's it may take a couple of games 
before we really understand what that rotation looks like, what that unit cohesively is going to look like. Because there may be some more guys that that kind of rotate in and out until they finally settle on who it's going to be. Sure, sure. And it's just, I I know Jordan's going to be, has become a more mature quarterback than he was last year. And then he was here before that. But it's just how he's going to handle the pressure because you know he's going to see it, right? You know he's going to see a full house, put it in the kitchen sink, send it right at him, kind of a blitz. And if the offensive line can't pick it up or for whatever reason it just doesn't, it gets through. You know, Jordan sometimes makes those throws that, oh, boy, he got away with a couple against Wyoming. He didn't get away with them against Boise State. Right. So I, I might suspect that we would see a, a quicker game, uh, offensive game plan, that they're not doing long developing plays, uh, quick uh, screens, dump, dump off to the, to the uh, running back, uh, quick routes with the uh, tight ends. Uh, so uh, I don't imagine that, at least in the early goings, that we may see some long developing plays where he has to stand in the pocket for a while just because maybe there's some uncertainty about how well they can maintain and, and hold that pocket. Yeah. yeah, and for the running backs, it's just creating your own gaps at times whenever you need to. Uh, if, if, you can re- if you're able to... Re- if you can create holes for the running back, obviously it's going to do you well, but these running backs got to understand that they have to find sometimes find the yards on their own. At least, you know, when I watch it, I feel like that had to be the case. All right, coming up next here on the Full Court Press, we'll get into another comment from Gary about the position group that gave the most competition, that had the most interesting competition for the Utah State Aggies. And we'll hear from some of the players. Jordan Love weighed in. Uh, Devin Anderson weighed in. We'll get their thoughts about Wake Forest and how things have gone so far for fall camp. Again, we're getting you ready for Utah State at Wake Forest. Season opener coming up on Friday. Gary Anderson and some of the players had a press conference today sharing that audio with you now and uh, getting our own uh, analysis as the depth chart for the season opener has also been revealed by Utah State. I got to say there's not a lot of surprises on this list. From what I've observed being in practices and what the coaches have talked about, how things have gone in those practices. But nonetheless, it's on paper and, and it still may change a little bit when it comes to game time. Mm-hmm. But we'll continue to share that with you and break it down. More comments from Coach Anderson and some of the players for as Utah State getting ready for Wake Forest coming up on Friday. That's next here on the Full Court Press. The Full Court Press on Sports Talk Radio, 106.9 FM, 1390 AM. The Fan. Eric Franson, Ajay Salveson. Uh, I guess apparently I'm not pronouncing some words properly. Dude, you got served. <laughs> Sorry, I'll do better. Should do better. Me no speak too good sometimes. I'll do better. Don't mock my culture. But I'm I'm trying to learn better English diction from Ajay. He's, <laughs> he's helping me. Can't wait for the uh, Phoenixes and the uh, Rich Hogs. <laughs> to play against each other. What in the world? Why are you calling me? Why do you have your phone on? We're trying to do a live show here. I'm trying to do... You know, Eric, when you're like me and you're a celebrity... When you're like the MC of big events... Oh, stop it. <laughs> you know what? You're going to be uh, the kicker, I heard. You're going to be the celebrity... We're going to have a celebrity kicker and it's going to be you. The, co- the co-host of the Full Court Press, Eric Franson. And then you're going to get laughed at by... 10,000 people. And you should, because it would be awful. <laughs> no, don't do it. Don't go there. Uh, hey, when we look about this offense, uh, you know, people talked about the offensive line being a battle. Understandable. Um, they talked about, you know, the running back position with Darwin Thompson gone, obviously, Gerald Bright, but who's behind him? Understandable. Though, the... There's one position that Gary Anderson, in fact, Al asked a really great question right off the bat. He had asked him, what was the biggest position battle during the spring and fall camp? Probably wide receiver. Um, there was a lot of competition at wide out, and there, there still is a lot of comp- competition at wide out, and I think that'll 
that'll become more clear as you play a game. You know, see exactly when the ball gets in certain kids' hands, what takes place, who are the playmakers. Um, that's the challenge on all three phases of, of a football team is to make sure you give the playmakers a chance. But uh, there should be a lot of competition, a lot of people fighting for touches at the wide receiver spot. But you know, you got to catch them and you got to make plays. Because in this offense, if you're just a guy that catches it and falls down, it doesn't do much use for the, for the offense. At the end of the day, you must have the ability to make big plays at certain times and certain situations. So we'll see who's capable of doing that in, in 2019 very soon. As we mentioned earlier, the starting wide receivers as of right now are listed as Seosi Mariner, Savon Scarver, and Jordan Nathan. Others that are in the mix, Derek Wright at the Z wide receiver position, Johnny Carter at the X, and Taylor Compton at the H. Uh, this is an interesting unit that originally we thought, okay, there's some experience coming back. Excuse me, experience coming back. Let me make sure I say that word properly. <laughs> but the guys that are back, there's not a lot of size there. That was a real c- no. concern. Yeah. But uh, there's some of the newcomers do have some size. Sure. So how they get integrated into the mix, how does that change the offense, if any? Because does the offense lend itself and cater to the the smaller wide receiver that may be shifty and more spread the field? Or do they say, look, this is still our offense as it is, and these new guys coming in that maybe have a little more size – we get to get to know them a little bit more because they'll get utilized and we didn't may not have really known them from before, but we're going to get to know them quickly because of what they do on the field. Yeah. And you know, there isn't the whole size thing, but the speed that they have is ridiculous. I mean, we're talking about top defensive backs, not only in the conference, but in the country. And that's who, Jordan Nathan, Taylor Compton, Savon Scarver, Tim Patrick Jr. are all going up against. And from what I see, um, they sometimes outrun these guys. They're outrunning some of the top defensive backs in the conference and in the country. That's, 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 that's incredible. And their hands are reliable. I mean, Savon Scarver made some fantastic catches. Cioso Mariner, uh, Mariner, excuse me, um, Caleb Rep. Uh, Tim Patrick Jr., again, I'll bring him up. Jordan Nathan has been nothing but superb. So, look, the, the size I need, Ron Quaving Tarver throwing a fade to him in the corner of the end zone, knowing that nobody could touch him was phenomenal. But watching these guys jet stream past some of these, you know, really incredibly uh, stubborn and, you know, defensive sticky back guys and be able to, you know, get past them and make a great catch, it's, we're going to be okay. Jordan Love's got plenty of uh, help around him. Well, the, the tall wide receivers are all new to the program. Mm-hmm. Really, the ones that are going to be getting used a lot. Mm-hmm. Mariners, a graduate transfer from Utah. Then you got a couple of JC transfers in Derek Wright, who's six foot one, and Sean Carter, who's six foot two. So uh, it, it's not like they're all tiny. Um, Devin Tompkins, he's only five seven. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he's, he's not necessarily you know, going to win a lot of dunk competitions with that size. But. Jordan Nathan, Taylor Compton, they're all kind of that same, about that same size, but shifty and, and sure hands, what we've been able to see. Yeah, absolutely. Taylor Compton's going to be kind of fun to watch. That kid is one person who is willing to go through the middle. I mean, because as a slot receiver, you have that like, you know, we're going to put you on a, you know, we're going to let you out to dry and you're going to get your head taken off kind of position. And And you see, I mean, when I used to watch, like Tom Brady with the salt receivers, you see Elman and Welker always getting their heads taken off. Taylor Compton is another guy who's willing to go through the middle and take a hit and make a catch, and he and he does both really well. He he can take the hit, but yet stay focused and make a catch and come down with the ball. I think you're going to see some big things out of Taylor Compton this year. I really, really, really do. No, I totally agree. Uh, I think that he's got the ex- experience. Make sure I say it right. Experience. And he's got the ability to be that kind of a playmaker when you need him. He may not be a first option, but I think that he's going to be available uh, for that dump down screen or a quick play 
but I think there may be times where, yeah, he is the, the featured uh, uh, hot read or whatever. So I think that that's an interesting mix for wide receiver. And I think that that battle is going to continue. Uh, I think there's some real talent there, and it may take a little while before it really gets determined who those uh, main starters are going to be because I think a lot of these guys have similar styles and abilities. So it's just who is going to be most consistent when it comes to game time. Because what what they look like in practice may be one thing. When it comes to being under the lights and when it matters, sometimes it's a very different animal. Uh, One thing that we think that's going to be a, a different animal for Utah State is that defensive front. Not that totally different because it's there's a lot of talent there coming back, but I, I think it's got some, a little bit different leadership and attention to that strength of USU's defense. Devin Anderson, he's on that front, and he's been here for a little while. He weighed in on, has the defense really changed this year from what it looked like last year? A good defense last year, could it be even better this year? What kind of changes are in store for this Utah State defensive front? Not necessarily. I wouldn't say that uh, to an extent. Um, you know, just I just feel like from moving to a 4-I to a 3-tech, it's not really different because I'm still taking up the same amount of blocks no matter what. Uh, you know, I just got to – well, we all just got to dominate the man in front of us uh, and just help our linebackers flow to the ball as quickly as possible. I think that's what happened during the first matchup. Uh, well, the second matchup, they um, they got to our linebackers quick, uh, and their zone is like very slow. So you gotta be very patient, you know, because they hold the ball, they hold the mesh point, and they wait till somebody just come get out there a gap and let the ball go, and they can go for either ten yards or it can go for a touchdown. So you know we gotta be gap sound when it comes to that, and uh, yeah. And uh, yeah, <laughs> great. <laughs> Actually, Devin was a fun interview, man. He is a fun interview. I've always enjoyed my conversations with him. uh, I think he said something like, uh, you know, it's, you know, we want to show him the 111. And then everyone's kind of quiet. And I was like, did you say 111? He's like, yeah. What is that? And one of the media guys behind me tapped and goes, dude, it's like what he means is 11 guys, but it's him. Does that make sense? Well, no, because if it's 11 guys, we go, no, no, dude, it's, it's, it's 11 guys. But he wants to play like the like it's eleven guys having to guard him. But why would you do that? You would just no, dude. It's eleven. No, AJ, just shut up. <laughs> it's eleven, man. He has the power of eleven guys. Oh. So wait, so there's eleven guys on the. F- no. Anyways, yeah, no. Devin was a fun interview. He's actually pretty cool. The big snack. His nickname. <laughs> is that what his nickname is? That's uh, what his Twitter handle is. Yes. But he is a senior, and he's one of those leaders on the field. He's going to have to be now, yeah. He needs to be. As I think you mentioned this earlier, that Tipa Nalia is going to be getting a lot of attention. Yeah. And because of that, there may be some games where we don't see a lot of Tipa making plays. Sure. And it's not because he's not trying. No, and and I think... But lot- you're going to see other guys stand out. I think... Say, oh, man, look what, look what Devin did. Look what Justice did. And I think a lot. Is it weird to say that I don't that Tipa was kind of a secret last year? Because I mean, I don't think BYU respected him. I don't think Colorado State respected him. I think he did catch some people by surprise. And so, yeah. And so he kind of came as like, oh, well, we forgot about number ten over there on the defensive side. Who was supposed to scout him? Um. And so, yeah. And he was able to. But a lot of teams walked into mistakes into him, right? Um, he he. I mean, he was able to be the blessing of other offenses making mistakes at him. Now he's got to go create those own, you know, those offensive mistakes. He's got to go get his turnovers. It's it's not going to just come to him anymore. Not there's no way. No, uh, it, it's going to be more of a challenge. I agree because yeah. teams are very much more aware of what, what kind of a one man wrecking crew he can be. Yeah. But as we mentioned, Devin Anderson is one of those other seniors on that defensive front. And uh, what does it mean for him to be a senior and a senior leader on this team? I don't know. It's kind of like unreal to even think that I'm a senior now. It went by so fast. Uh, Like Utah gave me a lot of opportunities. 
especially Utah State. But like just being in the state of Utah is so beautiful. Uh, I got to do things I never thought I would do. Um, but going into this season, it's more of a mindset of like, I feel like nobody really knows my name and like it humbles me. And, you know, I'm not big on accolades or anything like that, but uh, I feel like I do my job well. And uh, well, that's not everybody I think, but I just feel like I got to prove a lot of people wrong to like basically get my name out there to know that I feel like I'm a force to reckon with. I know we got Tipa, I know we got Four, I know we got Chris, you know, a bunch of guys, Justice, you know, we got a bunch of guys, but I feel like I'm going to do my 111, you know, and I'm going to make sure every team feel my 111. So. There's that 111. Love what you just said, Eric, when we were, as we were listening to him. Glad he kind of feels that way. When, yeah, I think that's going to fuel him. Exactly. When someone plays with a little bit of a chip on their shoulder, a little bit of extra, you know, oomph in regards of, like, attitude-wise, because, you know, everyone's talking about Justice and Chris and Tipa, and for good reason, he's kind of like, excuse me? I got something Fine. to prove. I can... I'll, yeah, I'll, I'm gonna, you'll I'm gonna know about plays. me after the end of the game. After the end of 60 minutes of football, you're going to go back, go look at the film, and be like, who's supposed to guard Devin Anderson? <laughs> And he's going to make sure that I'm excited about him. Yes, you will know number 91. All right, some final thoughts coming up next here on the Full Court Press. The Aggies, the Jazz, the High Schools, the Full Court Press on Sports Talk Radio, 106.9 FM, 1390 AM. The Fan. Eric Franson, AJ Salveson. Man, I'm geeked up. It's game week. We are. We are. Three, well, four days away from uh, from getting you ready for uh, oh, Wake Forest and Utah State. As you already teased, we've got a great guest lined up Wednesday night, 520. You won't want to miss it. A guy who knows Wake Forest Demon Deacons all too well, and he'll have some great insight for you as we get you our first in the know of the 2019 football season. Don't forget to go to our Facebook page, facebook.com slash 1069thefan, to... Uh, Comment, tag somebody that you'd like to take with you to go see the Rocky Mountain kickoff. Giving away a pair of tickets and uh, just who would you like to bring with you when you go to that game? Doubleheader, high school football doubleheader on Thursday up in Maverick Stadium. Logan versus Preston at six. Skyview versus Shelley. 20 minutes after that game concludes, whenever that is. Probably around 8.30-ish. Are you going to DVR the BYU game? Are you interested in that at all, or is that just, look, it's... I'm going to tune in and check it out because that's a future opponent. I always try to watch any future Aggie opponent and see what you can learn from them. Yeah. So, um, and then, of course, Utah State and, and Wake Forest coming up. We'll continue to get more information about it uh, and break it down as we get a lot closer. But, uh, man, it's fun. It's a great time of the year. It's good to be back. Full gear. Here we go, Eric. We don't have a break until March. Thanks for tuning in, everybody.